Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. I just have to pause before we get into today's episode to say, it feels so good to be back. This podcast took a year-long hiatus while Forward launched another podcast in 2022 called Driven Forward. If you haven't heard that podcast yet, be sure to search for it. It's Driven Forward, the number four, W-O-R-D. As Work, Love, Pray steps back up to the plate this year, I could not be more excited to share inspirational stories and God moments with you from forward women who are not afraid to be unstoppable for their creator. And as we will all see throughout the year, there are many things out there that can and want to stop us from being unstoppable. So our goal this year is to invite you to be part of a conversation with women who have come up against obstacles and setbacks and have figured out how to not only get around those things, but to be even stronger and more focused on their end goal of being unstoppable for Christ and the work that he has called us to do for his glory. To begin this new year and this incredibly important conversation, I spoke with Melissa Peake. At the time of our recording, Melissa is Geographic Leader, America's GEO Enterprise Skill Transformation at Amazon Web Services. Melissa has more than two decades of experience leading organizations to growth and customer success while building an engaged workforce. She and I had the chance to discuss how the process of planning and strategizing for a brand new year can be a beneficial practice, but is not without the possibility of running into some roadblocks. And some of those roadblocks might even come from the planner themselves. Join me now as we get to know Melissa and hear more of her story and her heart for helping women grow. Melissa, as the first guest after the relaunch of Work, Love, Pray, I am excited to have you lay the groundwork for what we hope to provide through this podcast this year. And, you know, our listeners are Christian women in the workplace who are desiring to be unstoppable in their professional, personal, and spiritual life. But let's be honest, (laughs) that's a tall order. Uh, And as a working parent, I'd love to hear from you, what kind of obstacles did or do you currently face that have impeded you from feeling unstoppable? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to join. I'm really honored to be able to be the part of the first podcast for a new year. Um, I love this theme unstoppable as I was reflecting on that word. um, I think the answer, the response that came to my mind immediately is the biggest obstacles I faced in being unstoppable was thinking I should be unstoppable in every area Mm -hmm. and not really being precise about where my time and energy and emotions um, and thinking is going. So when Mm -hmm. I am not intentional and simply kind of take life as it comes without having some sort of prioritization, uh, something that helps me make decisions on what I am and am not going to do, that has diminished my impact and really made me uh, has in, at times ground me to a halt. I think secondarily, there's moments in our lives where circumstances really hit us in a unique way. And something that I had to get comfortable with uh, 
several years ago, actually, a whole series of things had happened for me. I had found out through a 23andMe test that my father was not my father, which was a huge identity shock to process. I had had a miscarriage. I had taken a job that was in a very in an environment that was not a healthy environment. Um, lots of opportunity for me to learn, um, plus COVID. Um, mm-hmm. For me, Unstoppable became not stepping back. So sometimes mm-hmm. Unstoppable is forward movement. Sometimes Unstoppable is just standing, <laughs> standing strong mm-hmm, yeah. and not getting yeah. pulled over by all of the things mm-hmm. that are coming. And so it's okay for us to, um, to pause. And sometimes, you know, you got to go backward to go forward too. So I think having a lot of grace with ourselves that we don't always have to be moving forward at full steam in order to feel like we're being unstoppable. Um, We wouldn't expect that from anybody else. So I don't know why we expect that of ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves. Uh, So I think we have to have a lot of grace with ourselves in order to truly have a body of work or a, a, a life existence that demonstrates being unstoppable. And I think that that viewpoint goes really well with kind of what we talked about last year on our other podcast, Driven Forward, where we really were trying to offer examples and just really hit home the fact that you can be an influence for God anywhere. Like you don't have to hit a certain milestone, a certain title, you know, nothing like that. Like you, you don't have to do that. You can still be used at any point. So I think how you're viewing Unstoppable goes really well with that. And it's kind of a continuation and, you know, a new direction of that conversation of you don't have to do it all. (laughs) You you don't have to achieve this perfect thing that you've, you've come up with, you know, probably heavily influenced by the people around you that you're seeing and are saying, well, I could, I should do that. I should have that, you know, Mm. two things that you just said stand out to me. Mm. One, uh, perfect is fake. There's no such thing as perfect. Yeah. It is fake. We are not product yeah. for people. So, um, you know, perfection <laughs> on in a Six Sigma sense is not for people. That's for products. So, um, second, the word should. Mm. I don't know why we so easily take on so many other people's viewpoints and worldviews of how we should be should be living our lives what a women in the workforce should be what a leader should be what a wife should be what a mother should be um i think jesus jesus was so countercultural it's such it's a wonderful reminder to look at all the times when jesus did not do what people thought he should do So when the townspeople wanted him to stay and continue ministering to them, but he moved on. When the children came to him and his disciples pushed them away, but he welcomed them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's many examples. When when the Pharisees brought the woman to him um, who was caught in adultery, there's lots of moments Mm -hmm. where others would have expected him to do something, but he did something totally different. Yeah. And that's really freeing, I think, for us to mm-hmm. navigate. All right, I'm not here to fill anybody else's definition of success. What 
how do I find how how do I define success? Who yeah. who am I made? And um, crafting an existence that's not based on should, but instead is based on a really good understanding of what we are here to do and who we are. And um, there's lots of fun things that come out of living that type of life with that sort of mindset. Mm. Well, and that feeds over perfectly into my next question for you. So January, we're in it now, we're at the beginning of a new year, and it's usually a time when we are thinking all about resolutions, we're thinking about planning, and we're thinking about getting on that perfect, like you said, doesn't exist, but in our minds, we want that perfect roadmap for the new year. So in my opinion, planning and strategy, it, it's, a, it's an ever-evolving balancing act. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would love to hear about you and your life. What has been your biggest planning success? I would say, so there's some things that I do annually, which I would deem successful. And then there's some broader things. So one from a work, working backwards, broadly, <clears throat> getting to a good definition of what's my unique value proposition? What am I uniquely here to do? And mm-hmm. really getting clear about that. Um, and there's some tools and resources that can be used to, to get clear there. But getting to clarity there helps us understand what we're not going to spend time doing and where we're not going to bang our head against a wall. Um, so that's definitely that put that creates the right environment for uh, planning and yeah. that that can create the type of success that we're looking for. Um, I think a second thing is choosing the people that are going to be around you on the journey. So if you're going to get married, if you are married, choose that spouse in alignment with kind of the values um, or Mm -hmm. reiterate, get back, get with your, if you didn't have that thinking before you got married, having those conversations, you know, this is where I really feel like I'm going. This is what energizes me. How do you feel about that? How can we work together there as well? And then people outside of your family, um, just understanding who's going to be with you on that journey and picking those people wisely. Um, You know, the statement Mm -hmm. that we are the aggregate of the five people we spend our most time with is think is a really important one. Hmm. Annually, I use a tool um, every year. I started doing this several years ago and it's been, it's fun and it is more successful than doing things like creating resolutions, which I think um, I don't know the statistic, um, but a lot of them personally, very few of my new year's resolutions have uh, been successful, but there's a tool that I've used. Um, you just write a letter to yourself, um, write a letter as if it was December 31st of the upcoming year. So for 2023, December 31st, 2023, and you write a letter to yourself, congratulating yourself. Um, you know, I'm so happy that this year we, we, we did this. And so congratulations on accomplishing that goal. Way to go for um, prioritizing this area in your life this year, because we know that that was important in order to achieve this goal. Um, so that's a tool that I've used, and then I'll pull it out at various times throughout the year just to ground myself on, because it's so easy to get sucked down into the weeds. But that, that's yeah. a big picture, becomes a big picture visioning tool uh, to guide our activity and to guide what mm-hmm. we do uh, through the year. A lot of people use vision boards, which I've used those in the past, that those can be helpful for me, though that letter for at the end of the year, I think has been the thing that has kept me 
uh, most aligned with some of the big goals that I want to accomplish in some of the um, strategic areas of importance. Who taught you that? Like, is that something you came up with on your own or did you learn that from someone? No, it was actually a best practice. I heard a woman, I think she was from Facebook. Um, It was a, it was a speech that I heard. Uh, It's no, this is not a unique idea, but it's an idea that I, I thought about. It had, it has an element of creativity, which makes it fun for me. I just do a lot of, I spend a lot of time creating strategic plans and there's a lot of non-fun strategy work, but that was a fun way uh, for me to, to create a future vision. And so for me, it's worked really well. Hmm. So as women, defining what success looks like in our life, I feel like can be really hard. I mean, I know it is for me. <laughs> and it can also be difficult for us to then acknowledge that success is there a certain method that Christian women in the workplace should be using to identify and celebrate their strengths? Uh, so, first of all, I think the um, going back to what we were talking about in terms of should, mm. uh, defining what success looks like as Christian women is going to again be countercultural. Christian business women, uh, success for us isn't only going to be the things that may be success for other people. And it's really easy to get caught up with doing the thing, doing things that the rest of the crowd are doing or other executive women are pursuing title and, and things like, uh, you know, income trips, whatever it is, there's all, there's different things for different people. Um, first, as Christian women, I think really, again, understanding what are you, what are my, what are my unique strengths? What do I bring to the table that is different? And then God made us that way on purpose. There's no, it's not an accident that we were born with those things. If you think about, um, you know, Michael Jordan, he was not successful in everything. He figured out what he, where his natural talents lay, lied, um, and he invested in them. And so for mm-hmm. us, the the more time that we spend in the flow, um, actually using the strengths that we come to the table with naturally and we can build on them to really make them superpowers, the better off um, we're going to be and the better, um, the more successful we're going to not only feel, but we're going mm-hmm. to be because we're leveraging strengths versus trying to walk on weak, weak legs um, I'm a mm-hmm. Clifton Strengths coach. I've long used um, Gallup Clifton Strengths assessment uh, for my personal career as well as in mentoring other people. And that is that methodology I really appreciate because it has context for work, it's got context, gives good insight for all areas of life. Um, one of my my, you know, my top strengths show up in every area of my life. I'm a relator. I'm an achiever, which means I get energy from getting things done. I'm strategic. Um, however, discipline is in my bottom 10. So I know that. And so is context. So I'll tell you, my husband, context is in his top five, which means I mean, he's a historian, so he loves the history. So a common conversation between the two of us is he'll be going through all of this backstory and I'll just say, okay, can you like, give me the cliff notes, like cut to the chase. What's the bottom line here at work? Um, the same thing, you know, 
I know at work, I have to have people on my team who are managing our operations, the rhythm of the business. I know it needs to be there. It's important for the our business to run well, but it's not something, if I try and do it myself, it's not going to be as successful as finding somebody that's their natural strength and, and having them uh, be accountable to do that. So that tool, those tools can really help us understand what our strengths are and creating goals that align with our strengths then set us up for great success. Um, but it's really bespoke. It's not taking anybody else's definition of success and trying to fit into it. It's customizing what that looks like for us. Um, and then leaning into it, knowing that we are, um, we're going to be thriving through that process versus um, being sucked dry because we're forcing ourselves mm-hmm. to do things that do not give us energy and that we were never really given natural talent to do. Yeah. Now I know you said you worked uh, with strengths finders, which I we've done um, at the forward team. That's one of the big things that we all do is we go through that so that we know how to work well together. Yes. And I kind of can't imagine that too many people have not done at least some kind of a strengths uh, quiz or, you know, questionnaire or something like that. But let's just say somebody hasn't, what would you suggest? Obviously you're going to, you're going to like strengths finders, but are there any other ways in your opinion that somebody who just really honestly wants to know, like, what do I do well? Like mm-hmm. I have an idea, but I kind of want mm-hmm. validation, you know, of that that's what it is. Like, what are some ways that you can do that? Because you know, in my opinion, I think you need to know what you're working with before you can plan to use it. Mm-hmm. So it, this is such a good question because there's two things to pull out there. So there is yeah. a difference between what are our natural giftings and what do mm-hmm. I do well? If yes. you only go, so one strategy would be to do your own self or self-created 360. So mm-hmm. Go to 12 people, find 12 people around you who sit in different seats around you um, and have different perspectives and ask, go to them and ask them. But I, w- I would, the question I would ask them, I would actually ask them two, two questions. The first would be, what do you see as my natural talents? What, when you look at me, what am I, what do I do that you think is different and unique? Um, secondly, if you want to ask about work, you know, where do you see me? What types of, what type of work do you see me doing um, in a way that's, that's unique and differentiated? That input can be very valuable. Um, again, the, the element of success there is choosing your input providers mm. very carefully because you want to make sure that you're getting input from people a, who know you and want the best for you. But secondarily, I would say people you emulate. So I mm-hmm. hear a lot of, um, I know there's, a, especially as working women who, um, of faith, a lot of us don't have women in our churches who, ex, who know what we're dealing with and who yeah. could understand a day in our life. And that's not a bad thing. Those are people that are part of our community, but picking people who also represent the day in a life that we have Mm -hmm. and getting their input is going to round out 
our feedback can give us a good perspective on uh, some, some, some transferable skills. So those natural talents are transferable skills. You could take that natural talent and apply it a lot of different ways. And then work mm-hmm. skills, you're going to get information on work skills from the second question. And that should give some good input for you to consider um, as you look at how to pivot, uh, either pivot a career or grow a career. Mm. And I'm going to make a little bit of an ad break there. That's one of the big things that we offer through the Forward Mentor Program. I mean, that's something that we hear about time and time again of, wow, I actually found somebody like me or somebody who has gone through things like me and they could actually talk to me about it. They could help me through it. They could, you know, share what they did. And, you know, that's, I, I agree. It's just so valuable to find somebody who, you know, not even outwardly is somebody who looks like they can relate to you, but somebody that you inwardly know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they get it. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that goes back to choosing the people who are going to go on the journey with you. Right. Yeah. So I actually yeah. made an intentional decision in, um, 2001, I'd, I'd served on a lot of nonprofit boards and been part of a lot of a, a lot of great, powerful women's groups. But I intentionally made the, a decision. I'd spent a lot of time with um, with just with business women, very powerful business women. But I wanted to focus my time and energy on building relationships with business women of faith. And, you know, Diane and I had known each other through some of those other organizations already. And I called her and I said, how can I help? You know, how can I be, what can I do? Because I, it was important to me to hear how other women of faith had navigated some of the things that I was facing. And it was such a good uh, step for me in 2022. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, well, that's a good thing to hear. <laughs> now, with all of the planning, all of the best intentions possible, failure is unfortunately a pretty inevitable part of planning. It's going to happen. It's a natural part of the process. However, failure can sometimes also be an accurate indicator maybe of maybe you need to make a shift, uh, You know, get onto a path that is actually going to lead you to success. So I'm just curious, have you ever had to do, let's call it a failure pivot <laughs> like this? Hmm. You know, I think you're, you're, the statement that failure is going to come, we mm-hmm. know that, Yeah. but we don't plan for that. So I think yeah. in our planning, you have to include, mm-hmm. okay, I know I'm, what am I going to do when yeah. I'm frustrated. What am I going to do when I feel like this isn't working? What are my, mm-hmm. what are success metrics here? Like how, when do I know that if it's really a failure or just a low point in this process? Mm-hmm. Because there's always the messy middle. So we always have lots of energy at the beginning. There's the messy middle. And then right about the point where we're kind of getting to the, we're, we're working uphill. And lots of times right about at the point when we're just about to crest the top of the hill, we throw up our hands and we say, this is too hard. I'm not, I've failed and we stop. And so I think that failure is an interesting concept. Um, for me, there have been times, so very early in my career, 
Um, I made a business decision based on feeling pressure from my management. Um, also just my own pressure to perform. And it led me to the realization that I would never again, and I sacrificed my values about 20 years ago, I sacrificed personal values for the sake of getting things done. For me, that's a failure. Um, because I sacrificed my personal values. There's other moments like when I've had jobs and I get to the point where I just feel like I am this, I'm not going to be able to pull this rabbit out of the hat. Mm. For me, that's not necessarily a failure because what it has done for me is it's made me pause, step back and look at, okay, what actually, what's going on here? And some, and wise counsel is oftentimes really helpful in those moments to assess what's going on here. Is this, is what's happening right now really about my personal ability and what could I, what could I modify in my personal approach, my personal ability? Uh, is it about the environment that I'm in? Is this environment is what I'm trying to do is this environment conducive to getting that done? Um, I, you know, if it doesn't matter how, you know, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, you know, I'm a, I'm a gardener. So, and I'm growing amaryllis bulbs right now. So I'll just use a gardening, mm-hmm. a gardening example. It doesn't matter how expensive the amaryllis bulb is. It doesn't matter how beautiful, so much time and careful, horticultural planning goes into making these beautiful bulbs. If I don't plant that bulb in an environment where it can grow, it's got nothing to do with the bulb. And so many Mm -hmm. times we are in situations and we blame ourselves. I'm failing. Clearly something's wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. You actually have all of the, you have everything that's necessary to get this thing done. However, this environment is not ready for that. Some there's toxic, there's toxicity that needs to be taken out of the environment. And so I think that this concept of failure and failure pivot is really, um, rather than a failure pivot, I would say, uh, a personal pivot that comes from like pain is a good megaphone, right? When things aren't going well, it's a good opportunity to pause and evaluate what is happening here. What's my contribution? What's the environment that I'm in? Um, And if the environment that I'm in isn't going to produce the outcome that trying to achieve here, no matter what I do, then it's time to either find a new environment or change your goal. Um, And so I think that self-assessment turns failure into a result uh, to failure becoming an input for pivot and next chapter, pivot and next chapter. There are chapters. I mean, if we look at nature and the way God created nature, there are seasons, there are chapters. And just because we're in a season where something feels like it's coming to an end, that doesn't mean that it's been a failure. It just means that season's over time to gear up for the next season or have a rest because you're going into a a season where you just need to rest. And it's not about, producing fruit. It's not about looking great or being in center stage. You're now in a season of rest because in the future you'll come back into a season where, um, where you're going to be producing fruit again. 
and uh, be in the limelight again. Thanks so much for joining me for the start of this month's conversation with Melissa. Come back in two weeks when we conclude our chat and hopefully leave you inspired to set yourself up for unstoppable success this year. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.